0: The conversation left Elizabeth more perplexed than ever, though one thing was for sure, Robin didn't seem depressed. She was different all right, but not in a negative way. Elizabeth was intrigued. Her reporter's mind began searching for some clue that would explain what was taking place. One day she walked through the cafeteria and sat down at a table to wait for her friend Enid. Looking around she saw Robin sitting alone at a nearby table. Elizabeth started to speak, but quickly changed her mind. The clue she had been searching for was right in front of her. Robin's plate, usually heaped with french fries and double burgers, now only held two lettuce leaves, two tomato slices, and a hard-boiled egg. Elizabeth watched her silently. And when Robin got up to walk away, she noticed it for certain. On the track in bulky sweat clothes, it wasn't obvious. But now, even in a tent dress, it was Robin Wilson was losing weight. (laughs) Whose idea was this? (laughs) Are you a Jessica or an Elizabeth? I can't wait till Jessica and Elizabeth murder each other. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, (laughs) fields!
1: She loves binging on bourbon, coffee, and 90-day fiancé. It's Elizabeth Gomez. Her
0: revenge body's full of pizza and bagels. It's Adrian
1: Gunn. And this is Wokefield, where two middle-aged comedians realize all their problems started with Sweet Valley High.
0: Each week, we read a Sweet Valley High novel and talk about how the most beautiful twins in the land, Jessica and Elizabeth, completely fucked up our ideas about womanhood. Today, we're talking about the fourth book in the series, Power Play. Where Robin
1: Wilson loses weight and Lila Fowler shoplifts for her daddy's love. So crack open a slice and heat up some bagel bites and let's get this party started.
0: Today we welcome comedian Dina Nina Martinez to discuss bodies, thefts, and how Bruce Patman still sucks. He'll always suck. And then we'll play
1: a game where our guest has to figure out who's running for Miss Sweet Valley High based on their slogan. I'm so excited. Are you excited? Of course I'm excited. I love this book.
0: Okay, so every time I think that this book couldn't get more surface, it continually does. What? Yes. So in uh, book three, we were left with uh, Robin Wilson. Uh, wanting Tub to- of lard. That's what they call her. So um, Robin Wilson decides that she is going to pledge for bi- what, Pi Beta Alpha? F- oh my pi- God. What is that
1: Pi? Your non-sorority self is showing it's Pi Beta Alpha.
0: Uh, I think they referred to Robin Wilson as a pledge as Pi Beta Butterball, because this whole book, book four, is only about Robin Wilson losing weight primarily, and it's awful. Well, I mean, you know,
1: sometimes your sorority sisters have to shame you into losing some weight. (laughs)
0: That was my experience. I'm, I feel like that's not just <laughs> sorority sisters, but mothers, <laughs> friends, <laughs> magazines. Sisters. Um sisters. So Robin, Robin is uh, begging Jessica to get, let her into this uh, sorority. And Jessica, of course, is like, no way. She's too chubby. We can't have her be a Pi Beta Alpha pie."
1: No, that's <laughs> not what it's called. But also, of course, Jessica says that because this is exactly how sororities look. You let in one fat person and then everything goes to shit I'm just telling you.
0: <laughs> I mean, clearly no one wants someone smart <laughs> Exactly. Or <laughs> giving or curious or like caring, which Robin has been this whole time. I mean she Except she's big- for
1: Elizabeth, she does. She wants it.
0: Well, and after watching Robin, after Elizabeth watches Robin constantly run errands for Jessica, uh-huh. Elizabeth decides that the best thing for her to do is to pledge. Or not pledge, nominate, I guess. Is that that's what oh they do? Oh, my God. You're really. It's, it's kind of hard to. You're ju- such. There's, a, tr- there's like a tryout.
1: Yeah. You're such a civilian. It's not a tryout. <laughs> I like you a have, tryout. You have to get nominated to join Pi Beta. Mm-hmm. And then once you're nominated, there's a period of hazing before the whole sorority votes on whether or not you're allowed to be put in.
0: Well, Elizabeth nominates Robin to be hazed. Yes. (laughs) And it's super awful for Jessica because Jessica cannot have (laughs) have this chubby kid in her sorority. And, and... And and in response to that, in in response to Jessica's betrayal by her sister, she decides that she is going to do everything she can to make Robin feel humiliated and embarrassed in front of the whole school.
1: I mean, the shit she does is fucking mean. Like, look, I was part of hazing. I will apologize to my Delta Zeta sisters who I hazed in the past if you are watching this now. But I will say we never made anyone wear a two-piece swimsuit And play volleyball
0: with Bruce Patman. That's fucked up. I definitely thought that was a really messed up part of the book. (laughs) I was like, I don't know, you guys. This is not. I thought this book was like we've been reading. Now we're like on four books, right? So every time I read the books, it's always like good looks, dazzling eyes, great hair, poor, Shafiat. But this one just hit me. Listen, so hard. The entire book is about shaming Robin to
1: lose weight, and then once she loses weight, she returns to uh, to be vindic- vindicated with her revenge body, and becomes Miss Sweet Valley High over Jessica. It is truly. An impressive transformation story.
0: It is um, horrifying. It's a horrifying transformation uh, story. Yes, but also the subplot, as we always know in Sweet Valley High books, there's always a the subplot. Always so you're a like, B plot. Where did this story even come from? Got to have a B story. So finally, Lila Flower, who's no, ne- no, no, Lila no, no. Fowler. Thank you, Fowler, Fowler Crest is the mansion. Who is who has never had much of a personality throughout the whole series of the books. Her personality is, is rich. rich. <laughs> So Lila's super, super rich, and she decides that she's going to go into shoplifting because she has missed her daddy, who travels a lot. He doesn't pay attention to her (laughs) since the divorce. Well, the funny part is, like, how quickly that comes out in the story. She's just like, "Wow, wow! I shoplift because I 100% miss my dad. I mean, that's why people shoplift in their teens. I think it's more for the thrill. We'll ask Winona Ryder. Anyway. (laughs) Lila gets, Lila is, uh, is is into this shoplifting thing, but then giving gifts to Jessica, uh, claiming that those gifts were from her aunt from New York, which right. is not true because she has no aunt from New York. Right. And when confronted by Elizabeth, who says, hey, what's up with your aunt in New York? And she's like, what? I don't have an aunt from New York. Oh, wait a minute. I surely do. And she keeps giving gifts to your sister. Right. She ends up uh, getting caught because Jessica somehow, that was a whole weird thing. Like, how did Jessica get arrested at the mall? <sighs>
1: Elizabeth.
0: Well, it's just confusing. I will confusing. explain it.
1: Elizabeth is a real reporter in this book. Let's start there. She's, they like to call her Snoop. Yeah, she's really using all her instincts. And as soon as some of these, you know, shoplifting gifts, all this stuff starts happening, Elizabeth knows something's not right. So she goes to the mall and she goes to the very fancy boutique at the mall. And lo and behold, the scarf that Jessica was wearing is there. And the shop owner is like, oh, yes, we've had some thieves in the store.
0: For these very... Very exclusive scarves that we only sell in California. Correct.
1: And you may have forgotten, but Elizabeth and Jessica are twins. Oh, my God. I did forget that. So the shop owner immediately suspects Elizabeth as a thief. So when Jessica goes to the mall innocently, she's arrested.
0: Okay. But then the confusing part there, which we can discuss with our guest, Dina Nina Martinez, is that Jessica gets arrested for actually not shoplifting anything. That's where right. I got confused. Okay,
1: because then there was a second time that um, Elizabeth went to mall to buy Todd Wilkins a watch band. <laughs>
0: That's the third plot of the story. Just, Todd Wilkins' watch band.
1: Still, like, kind of cracks me up. She's like, it's his birthday. I knew I'll get him a watch band.
0: Well, the best part is they talk about how she's ignored him this whole time because she's so wrapped up in Robin Wilson's weight. Oh, my weight. God. He's
1: so sensitive about it. And I will tell you what. Like, I, those are should have been the key takeaways from this book when I read it as a child. Like, men are babies. If, you, if you're working your reporter instincts, they miss you. They cry. I mean, come on. But anyway, so... So she goes to get the watchman and Lila Fowler is also in the jewelry store and she steals a bracelet. Elizabeth sees it happen. And then later Jessica goes, the mom gets arrested. Lila has to get involved. It really is a very stupid subplot.
0: Well, and and even though Jessica gets arrested for possibly maybe have stolen, stealing something from a time before of which she has no proof, like the shop owner has no proof of, they take her back. And then Elizabeth goes and confronts Lila. Lila starts crying and she's like, don't tell anybody. And Elizabeth's okay, but I have to tell your dad and my sister's going to bug me about this.
1: And then they go out to a fancy meal. Yes, because dad (laughs) shows
0: up and he's like, Lila, why in the world are you doing this? And basically he's like, "Okay, well, apparently I need to spend more time with you. Right. And that's pretty much the end of the book.
1: Yeah, but I also want to point out one other plot point that I thought was literally unbelievable. So Robin Wilson is fat. They it's really cringy and terrible every time how they talk about it, right? So she's fat. She gets blackballed from the sorority. So then she's like, I'm going to get these bitches back with my revenge body. So she's running on the track. She's eating one tomato, right? Next thing you know, this bitch becomes the co-captain of the cheerleaders. And I was like, wait a minute. When did she learn gymnastics?
0: (laughs) I think it's when she was sent away for, to hang out with her aunt. Yeah, Remember, she was she gone, also was with was her aunt for a while. She was for like one
1: week. That was very strange. Right. I was like, did she have weight loss surgery? Like, what is happening? <laughs> What's going
0: on? <laughs> I know. Uh, but I thought you were going to mention when um, all of a sudden at the end of the book, Eliz- we find out that Elizabeth has been writing this editor of the small town paper. and oh, the- yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. then, uh, and then she's like, oh. They're rejecting me again. They're never taking my stories. Right. And then at the end of it, after Robin comes back and this huge plot twist happens, then she gets a letter from small town editor that like basically gives her a byline. Right. And I'm like, why? Why was this put in the book at all?
1: <laughs> because everybody wins but Jessica. I guess your... she was evil and good prospers.
0: That is true. But I also think maybe it's because we're all focused on elizabeth being a reporter. right. this book is about
1: elizabeth being a reporter. i also want to point out one thing then we'll move on because this could be very boring but i think it's important. so, when elizabeth convinces bruce patman to take fat robin wilson to the disco marathon as part of her hazing, right? so he says that he'll do this if elizabeth writes like a profile piece for him in, in the, the oracle. Paper like Hilarious anyway, so they get to the dance, and he immediately is like, Look at Queen Mary, fuck off! Like he calls her like a ship or something. It's like the even the insult is so lazily written.
0: There, that all the insults are, are lazy, but almost yeah. on every single page, they have some kind of fat shaming moment that yeah. really just made me want to kind of like throw up in my mouth a little
1: yeah. bit. But I was just like, I hate to harp on the craft of this book, but did the ghostwriter never read Carrie? You don't send the players to a dance. And make the shaming one sentence long, and then it's over.
0: I was like, I mean, come on. Well, the shaming went on a little bit longer. She did run into the bathroom. Yeah, but that doesn't count. You need
1: the buildup of all the people at the dance seeing it happen. And Anyway. Well, she did call it
0: a disco marathon. I mean, that's a very creative name for a dance or not. Well, then they (laughs) called it a disco
1: disaster. And on that note...
0: Welcome, Dina. Dina Nina Martinez is a transgender stand-up comedian, actor, and entrepreneur, the founder of Lady Laughs Comedy. She has been seen on the Late 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 Show PBS and was voted one of the, tra- one of the trans women actors you should know and also love by Otto Straddle. I know I love her. What did you think, Dina? What did you think when we invited you to the Sweet Valley High universe? I mean, were you excited or were you like, what the hell did I just agree
2: to? Well, first of all, you pitched it like a book club. And I was like, I don't really read unless it's in script form.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this book is almost in script form. It's that it's very quick.
2: It is. Um, And then I was like, oh, crap, I've got to I've got to read this book.
1: (laughs) Did you Um, not read Sweet Valley High in in your youth? I never
2: did, and I never saw the series on television, so this was a whole new experience.
0: (laughs) Once you were reading it, were you like, I wish I would have never
2: known that this existed? (laughs) Kind of. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, um, first of all, this is definitely dated. Second of all, it definitely did not age well.
0: It was sort of cringy. It, it,
2: it was throughout. It was cringy.
0: Okay, so um, tell us the truth. Have you ever called anybody
2: a butterball? I may have when I Dina! was. But no, no. When I was very, very young, but I was mostly the recipient of butterball. <laughs> like somebody called me a butterball, and I was like, um, "I'm sorry, I don't play sports." <laughs>
0: What did you think about the book? Like, why don't you give us a little a little bit of your thoughts on uh, the, the, the characters, the plot line,
2: the fat so, shaming? <laughs> I, what do you mean fat shaming? I didn't see that anywhere in the book. <laughs> I will tell you, my whole experience was sitting with my computer and reading it to my dog for all of Saturday.
1: <laughs> I mean, that sounds like, like a great day.
2: It was so good. And she was like, God, mom, can you just shut up? I'm so tired of hearing about her candy bars and her goddamn purse.
1: (laughs) I gotta say that scene though, where Elizabeth like so intently watches Robin eat the candy bar is just, it was an amazing piece of fiction in how (laughs) offensive it was. Like, it was just on every level. And then, not only do we get, like, two pages of description about fat Robin Wilson eating the candy bar, like, two pages later, she takes out another.
2: Yes. And I'm like, I'm a fat girl, and I never have candy bars in my purse. Never. And if I do, it's because I just bought it, and I'm going to eat my feelings when I get home. Like. (laughs) But they don't last in my purse. They're not just there waiting for me. They're not like replenishing themselves like bunny rabbits inside <laughs> of my bag.
0: <laughs> I, will, I will have to tell you that uh, my favorite holiday is Halloween. I think everyone's favorite holiday, holiday is Halloween. But um, every time that there's been a Halloween, I take those little miniature candy bars and I do stick them in my purse and just carry them with me wherever I go. <laughs> Lardo. <laughs>
2: This is the thing. I am very deficient in um, coping mechanisms besides comedy and eating. So when-
1: I I mean, you're talking to the two right gals for that. That's where we're there too.
2: I no longer drink. I'm mostly vegan. So like, but one of my favorite things is to shove my mouth so full. And then have whatever's in it melt or get mushy. (laughs) Like, there's. (laughs) Like, I will shove my. Not in public. Not in public. I would never do that in front of. Never. The. The those ladies. Bruce Patman.
1: Wakefield. You wouldn't do it in front of Bruce Patman.
2: I was
0: like, I, th- I think that the, I think the Wakefield twins would be terrified to watch me eat avocado toast, which isn't even that bad, but I just can't stop eating it. So it's always like one slice. And then I remake the avocado and I have a second slice. And then the next thing I know, the whole loaf is gone. <laughs> yeah.
2: The Wakefield twins would look at me like, oh my God, she's so gross.
0: Well,
1: you know, I and hate I- to say that might be true from this book. <laughs> it yes. seems that they might hate all of us.
2: I mean, let's it's talk funny, about it's that. It's so though. funny because like after you, you t- hear her inner monologue about how gross Robin is eating a goddamn candy bar in front of her. And then she's like, I just want to help her. She's so nice. And she's got a <laughs> pretty face. Oh my God. Oh. The reveal
0: of her face where, oh. where Elizabeth tries to make Robin feel better after she's been dumped at the disco marathon. And uh, the writer writes something along the lines of like, Elizabeth looks at Robin's face and tells her she's pretty. But as she looks at her closer, she starts to realize that maybe Robin is pretty. <laughs> 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 You're just like, what is happening in this book? But, um, you know, the thing about the book and the reason My that we- childhood.
2: Just- what right. I was
0: gonna say. So the reason that we we were interested in starting this podcast is we wanted to talk about these teen books that we loved that you know really kind of screwed up what we thought we should be when we were older. <laughs> so I'm curious for you, like, what was what was your body image situation? What did you think about your body? What did you think about things when you read stories like this?
2: Well, I rarely read stories like this, but it's so pervasive in the media. Growing up, you know what I mean, like. If I read a book, it was mostly about UFOs or werewolves, you know, like. <laughs>
0: oh, we should have invited you to the Wakefield sisters dating a werewolf. Yeah, that's going to be yeah, our yeah, final that's episode. That's going to be our final episode. But anyways, maybe uh, we'll have you back. This
2: oh, is so- I love it. <laughs> You're going to make me read another one. <laughs> um. So when I was growing up, I was told I was fat a lot. Like I got called all those things, tubalard, and that's just from my family. Um. And and then at school it was like even worse. So this was a little traumatic because I so identified with Robin in so many ways, except for the revenge body. Like I've never I've never had a revenge body. Um but it,
0: what was it that was uh was relatable about Robin for you?
2: I mean she was she was an underdog. She wasn't popular. She wanted to be popular. Like all those things. And I think that's true for all of us. Like we all want to, you know, be accepted by others. But then depression, like (laughs) I felt like it was implied that she was depressed a lot, you know, I, well, and then that it talked about it a little bit, but I was also the recipient of, I keep saying recipient, like I've never
0: used the word. <laughs> like you got an award. Here's exactly. a
2: Butterball Award. Mr. I won 18-0. the award of being the person who they were like, go do this. And, I, and if you do this, we'll do this, you know? And it was always that embarrassing thing.
0: Like you were hazed? Yeah. Or like pushed, pushed to do things you didn't want to because they were like, you'll be cool if. Yes. Hazed. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: I, all of that.
1: <laughs> Did you ever try to join the like popular clique?
2: I, of course. Don't we all try a little bit at least at some I, point?
1: I always knew I wasn't ready. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I, I wasn't fat when people were calling me fat, and I look at pictures now and I'm like, are you kidding me? So I just kind of became fat because everybody was calling me fat, um, so I could be popular, is what I, I think that. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say, according to this book, being fat <laughs> doesn't make you popular.
2: It's
1: <laughs> actually like, the opposite.
0: <laughs> I mean, my mom spent a lot of time w- when I was growing up talking about how fat I was. And as a matter of fact, she was so horrifying. So she's, she's, she's Korean. And um, she was obsessed with the way that my body was like growing and changing. And I remember at one point, we were at um, a fish market that her friend owned. And my mom was saying something in Korean, like, da 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 da, Risa, da 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 da, oh, she looked playboy. Like, she was having this whole thing. And um, I was like, what are you talking about? And her friend reached over and grabbed both my tits. Jesus. <laughs> and then she was like, I tell her you have playboy body. But immediately oh. afterwards, she was telling me how fat I was. And when my friends would come over, she would pinch my friends and then tell them they were fat. No, (laughs) for real, for real. My friends to this very day will talk about how they would come to my mom's house and my mom would pinch them, ask, tell them they were fat and then ask them what they would want to eat.
2: Oh my God. (laughs)
0: And so forever I've struggled with my body and like, no matter what size I ever am, it's never enough
2: never enough yeah
0: well
1: and i think what's interesting specifically about this book is that like right we get these body messages everywhere right like we get them in the book we get them from media we get them from our parents we get them everywhere but this book specifically is about like the power of peers to just fucking either destroy you or lift you up and every in you know we have elizabeth who's like but i know what's good you know and she's constantly like drowned out and everybody else is like playing by the rules, which are that you need to be beautiful, you need to be thin and then you can hang out with us. Mm -hmm. Like, so how have you guys experienced, I guess like other women or friendships? I mean like how does it impact your view on yourself?
2: Well, I think it definitely impacts my view. Like I, okay, so I was trans. So luckily I didn't get to be a teenage girl, which was like.
1: (laughs) After reading this book, I bet you're like super relieved.
2: (laughs) Totally. Completely. Like I didn't get to go through all that hazing and that terrible, like girls are nasty to each other. Nastier than men are to women, like in a lot of ways, especially at that age. And so my experience is when I started doing drag and, you know, playing with gender, people saying, oh, well, boys are never going to like you because you're kind of chubby. And I was like, I was, I came out of the closet for like a year before when I was a Christian. Um, And (laughs) I came out of the closet for a year, and I danced and drank vodka. That was like all I did. And I've never been so thin in my life. And it wasn't revenge. It was just like, drunken free you know like and and i remember people coming up to me and saying oh you're so pretty you've got a pretty face blah 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 and i'm just like i'm i what i can fit into a 12
0: (laughs) what did you what did you think when they said that like you're you're they're like you're 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 you have a pretty face. Like, what does that mean to me? Because I, I think that's an, always a weird thing to say. And I have a weird face. Like, I'm like very round in the face, and everyone has, who looks at me is always like, because I'm half Korean, half Puerto Rican. So people are always like, "What are you?" So I'm always thinking that my face is offensive. Um, so it's it's funny to me that people sometimes find that phrase that um, you oh you have a really pretty face or you'd be pretty if you know if you didn't have so much weight on you, right? Yeah, like how that's an- um...
2: And I look at you and I just, I see you're gorgeous. Like, I look at you and I'm like, she's so fucking- Please stuck. go
0: on.
1: <laughs> Dina, really. I, know, I know you can't see me as well, but perhaps <laughs> I'll-
2: <laughs> I mean, you're blonde um, and your teeth are just so amazing. So, I, I mean, I could gush- I could gush, 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 because y'all are gorgeous. If I were into ladies, it would be like, yes.
1: <laughs> you Yay. are gorgeous. And I think you're like my top favorite guest so far.
0: Uh, Dina is one of my favorite, favorite people you're so fun. that I've seen perform all over the place. And so deep. Um, but let's talk huh. a little bit. Let's, t- let's talk about, no, because I think that's what makes your, your, your comedy so funny, is that it's real. You're not like looking for these very kind of low-hanging fruit jokes. You really kind of dive into who you are. And I love that. Um, Ew, but let's talk. I let's talk a little bit about. I've let's talk, been
2: told that.
0: It's true. <laughs> Big fan. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this idea of transformation. You know, like you're talking about uh, your own journey uh, and, and being a transgender. You know, we're in this book. We're talking about Robin. You mm-hmm. know, um, kind of transforming herself to feel like. I guess, like at the end of the book, I wasn't really sure. Did Robin feel more empowered by that transformation? Or was she just like playing a little, like playing the game until she won? Look,
1: the book is terribly
0: written, right? Because the book is very surface.
1: It's like she wins the things in theory on surface that should make her happy. But a lot of times, what we're hearing from um, Elizabeth's observation is that, you know, Robin's gone cold right? Like Robin's depressed. She keeps getting thinner, but she's kind of hard now. Like she's, some spark has left her eye. So really understanding Robin's like true journey, I think is gone. It's not there. But one thing that like Elizabeth is touching on that I'm really interested in is this idea of transformation and like how much power do we have to transform ourselves and people's um, opinion of us or how they view us. And you've had a huge transformation. We'd love to hear what thoughts do you thoughts
2: on this. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is the thing a revenge body will never last. Um, anything you do for someone else or for external um, validation will not last. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just not sustainable. The only way true transformation happens is if it's in alignment with who you are. Period. Mm-hmm. So if you're changing for anybody, that's bullshit. You know, fuck that stuff. Because I, I, I'm assuming I can curse because I've been doing it.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, fuck that smack. Like, I don't care what you think about me and my body. The only thing that I care about is that I'm a good person. I do what I do well. Mm-hmm. And that I get to have fun. I'm old now and (laughs) life doesn't last forever. And thank God, because I'm ready to go. Like, I just,
1: you got to tell us how you got to that place though, because that's the place everybody wants to be. Right. Just kind of like, this is who I am.
0: And like, I'm rolling with it. Yeah. And I'm very interested in that, your, your journey to that.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I, it's a lot of things and it didn't happen right. This is the thing. One of the things that this is the thing. One of the things. Let's <laughs> talk about the things. Can we talk about the things? <laughs> All the, the things. things Let's just talk about the things. So when I started transitioning, the only reason I felt like I could was because I had to get away from my family. So I moved half the country away from Texas to Los Angeles. <laughs> and then the next thing was, it was, it was one of those, um, I'm saying thing a lot. It's one of those things where you can't ignore it anymore, right? Right. I got to the place where I was like, I am a woman. Oh my God. I'm a woman. That means that I have to do all these things. And when I start things, <laughs> Jesus. So when I started transitioning and I got my first hormone shot, I was like, oh my God the way I think makes sense. Everything's starting to make sense. I was always a woman. I just didn't know it. I was socialized male. This is, you know, that's what was wrong. And then I started trying to appease the patriarchal standards of society. So I was a show girl and I was doing drag um, for lack of better terms and wearing, getting glammed up. and And I was like, this is not sustainable. Like I can't, I just want to go out in a moo -moo and be okay. You know, like I just, (laughs) you're my spirit animal. That's (laughs) those are facts, right? (laughs) Totally. Like all I want to do is not have to wear all these very uncomfortable body shaping undergarments and not have to put on a ton of makeup to just walk outside of the house and feel accepted by men because that's what you know, women were only, are only good for is the male gaze. And one day I woke up and I was like, I just want to be, i just don't want to be soccer mom. Like, I just want to be able to throw my hair in a bun, put on a sweatshirt, get in that van, take the kids to the practice, you know, like. You've just described
0: my nightmare.
2: (laughs) Well, now I just date guys that are soccer age, but, (laughs) you know, it's, I'm, 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 soccer aged.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about is like, especially since you were born in a situation where you were socialized as a man, when you made your full transition, did you find, um, did your like ideas about Women's bodies changed? Did you start thinking about how you looked as a female? Like, did those things, and if I'm getting too personal, please let me know. But I'm just curious about where your, your mind kind of landed there.
2: I talk about my junk on stage, so personal. I know. But you know, <laughs> I, try, I try to be polite. <laughs> Thank you. But with me, you're good. <laughs> I, you know, definitely, like, that was one of those, there were my transgender icons, Candace Kane. I think everybody knows hot. who she mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Super hot. She's gorgeous. She's got long blonde hair flowing out of her head, like, you <laughs> have to put it on. Like, um, she, her body is just beautiful. And when I was transitioning Candace Kane and Maya Douglas, two women, trans women that are just absolute pinnacles of sexy beauty. That's what I thought I had to be. And I think it took, when I stopped doing drag show, when I stopped being a showgirl and started doing comedy and started feeling more comfortable just in my own skin as a woman, that's when it changed. Like I can, I love to be sexy and ba voom but I don't want to do it all the time. I want to put a sweatshirt on and a and a hoodie, you know, just put a hoodie on and go out. And there was something about being a being a stand-up comic that really helped me helped facilitate that. And when I started going to bars and restaurants and people it wasn't about me being trans, they just were like they would come to the table and not be like, "Here's your drink, trans lady." You know, like <laughs> <laughs> they just were like here you go miss or or you know whatever it was liberating for me it changed my life and i think that that's what robin didn't get to have like
1: right it was, yes
2: it was either about her being fat or about her being sexy and gorgeous there wasn't her opportunity to transform internally, you don't see any of that tra- internal transformation, right? Yeah, I'm snapping in the studio. Yes,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I think that is like the saddest part of the book is that, you know, she gets these um, revenge moments, but they feel very empty. You know, and when you're, if you're reading these books as an 11 year old, you don't understand necessarily that they're empty, right? Cause you're just taking away like the plot points. And I said to Elizabeth, when we read this, I was like, Jesus, you know, not that I thought Khloe Kardashian came up with the revenge body. Cause I didn't, <laughs> but she was maybe the first person recently to like market it as a thing. But I'm like, God, you know, we've been taught this stuff since we were 11 years old. You know, that like, if you you know, if someone is mean to you, someone dumps you, like whatever, if you just starve yourself and run around the track, then you can best
0: everybody. It's fucked up. I, I do yeah. think that that was the hardest. I mean, the whole book, the book's hard. I mean, every time we yeah. read a new book, I'm always like, how'd this book get worse? Yeah. I mean, they're, <laughs> like, they're cringy. They're, they, made, they made like over a hundred of these books, Dina, like yeah. over a hundred. And you're just like, what in the world are they trying to say to these kids? I mean, to us, to people who are reading them. Um, but I definitely was never a person to do a revenge body. I was more like, I'm gonna sleep with your best friend kind of revenger. And I'm still very <laughs> much that way. Like if my husband ever leaves me, bet I will sleep with his brother, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now let's switch subjects real quickly because we're gonna have to wrap up this show soon. So I just wanted to mention, this is, this is something I'm just curious about. Okay. So um, there's, there's a some- whole subplot about Lila Fowler shoplifting. <laughs> It's a teen pastime, shoplifting. (laughs) What do you think? Why do you think teenagers have to shoplift? Is that like a thing that they have to do as they get older, or have you ever
2: done it, Dina Nina Martinez? I have never shoplifted. (laughs) Shoplifted. Am I the (laughs) only one in this (laughs) room? The past tense of (laughs) shoplifting. Um, I I was a very good kid. Of course you were. Look at you. Yeah. It It was ridiculous. Like. I'm still a good kid, you know, which is so stupid. A good a kid bummer. who actually did cocaine in, about 10 years ago. <laughs> but
0: I just want to say, um, obviously, I never shoplifted.
1: So yeah. it's really on you, Elizabeth, to tell your story. I, mean,
0: I definitely shoplifted. I made a 300 CD collection and I was working at a place called Record Town and that's not where I stole my records. <laughs>
2: Okay, so let's let's be clear. I never shoplifted, but I did put a bunch of silver in my apron when I was at work and took it home with me and and furnished my kitchen with like you know <laughs> silverware <laughs> from restaurants that I worked in.
1: That's just uh, necessary.
2: I, I was, mean, it, I forgot I, they were in my apron.
0: <laughs> you forgot you rolled silverware every single shift. Um, there was a time, so when I was shoplifting, I got to a point where. Um, I was was out of control. And um, one day, and I felt, I felt this is why the story about Jessica didn't make much sense, is that I was with my mom and she was looking for work pants. She was a waitress. She was working for a pair of work pants to buy. She could not buy them. And so um, I saw her like count out her money and then put the pants back. And at the time I was in advanced uh, math, uh, some advanced math class. I can't remember if it was like algebra or whatever, but I had to buy a scientific calculator that was over $30. And I didn't want to ask my mom for it because my mom couldn't even buy her work pants. So I slipped it in my pocket and I walked out and this guy came up to me and he's like, uh, can we see you please? And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then he was like, are you here with your mother? We know you're here with your mother. And I was like, no. And they're like, she's going to realize that her kid's not here. And so the nice thing is like, I just listened. I was like on a military base, the PX, listening to this like huge security guy going, Mrs. Kim, Mrs. Kim, can you please report to security, Mrs. Kim? And we went through this whole experience about how had to go to court and like possibly get arrested. My mother, who's an immigrant, is like completely freaking out. And, um, and I like never really felt bad for shoplifting, but I 100% felt bad about what I did to my mother. Well, I'll tell you
1: what you're making Lila look like a real fucking dick right now. (laughs) (laughs) She just needed a little attention out. Elizabeth Gomez trots a whole immigrant narrative.
0: (laughs) My
2: favorite thing.
0: (gasps) That's a really sad story, though. No, it even gets sadder. My mom was so mad because she was like afraid. My dad wasn't living with us. So she was afraid that like the police could come get her kids anytime, right? So she gave me this whole thing about like how I shouldn't have done it and whatever. Didn't talk to me for a month until my trial. And um, a trial? <laughs> my trial, sorry, my court hearing. So she had like, she would put my lunch money on the table every morning and just like not say a word to me. So then we go to the courthouse, and my mom, again, doesn't have any money. But every now and then, if you did something really good, you could get like a Whopper from Burger King because that was her favorite thing. And so we went to court. We left court. Everything was fine. And um, she didn't say anything to me except like, you can't do that ever again. I could have lost my children. This is a really bad situation. And I'm crying, like heaving crying. And then she's like, Risa, do you want to go get Whopper?
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then she was like, you're looking a little pudgy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> She's like, eat this, you look fat.
2: Yeah, she twisted my,
0: or pinched my face. All right, are you ready for this game?
2: Oh my God, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well you remember at the end of the book there's like this whole thing where Jessica and Robin are running for football queen, Miss Sweet Valley uh-huh. High. And each, uh-huh. the football team was so torn between the two ladies that they came up with slogans for each lady and one was Jessica just right and Adrian what was the other one
1: Robin's got us throbbing
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is so That's terrible.
1: pretty that's pretty racy for a sweet valley high moment i well, mean are they I talking mean, about their dicks there yeah
2: there were several moments where they were like the, there were a couple of moments with Jessica and Todd that i was like this is oh
1: they press their <laughs> they bodies their body they love they pressing pulled their
2: her bodies. thigh next to her, her hips next to his <laughs> I was like, oh my god stop grinding i'm gonna vomit
0: okay so today's game is gonna be based on that idea and we're gonna i'm gonna tell you a slogan and then you're gonna tell me which female celebrity or sweet valley <laughs> high character has these signs blank person <laughs> is terrific
2: at reporting. <laughs> Jessica. <No. laughs>
0: the other one. Uh,
2: Elizabeth. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I get a mixed up.
0: All right, the next one. You want a Maserati?
2: You oh my God, I that. know this. Britney, Britney Spears. Mas- yes! <laughs> yes!
0: Keeping people out of bathrooms since 1983. President Trump?
1: <laughs> oh, I think we're going to take that answer. We'll take that. answer. We, that we answer. were thinking Enid, but that's a better answer.
2: <laughs> Enid. I completely uh, forgot about Enid. She, well, uh,
0: that's her role in the books.
2: <laughs> she
0: never says anything except to appear when Elizabeth needs help. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one. She's rich. She lifts.
2: <laughs> She's rich. She lifts.
0: Did you write this Elizabeth? <laughs>
2: Oh, oh, um, Lila Fowler.
0: Yes, Yay. this is one of my. It was favorite. all
2: Schwarzenegger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, um, haven't had an abortion. Wish I had. Me. <laughs> was that Lena Dunham? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. What, what an asshole. What, I mean, what that an woman. That woman. I hope
1: we get a, a book with an abortion in it. That'll make a great
2: episode. <laughs> All right. I'm a, uh, how did you read my diary? <laughs> <laughs>
0: this, one, this one's going to be really hard because um, this character was definitely in the book. So I'm going to give you a hint because, uh, you know, this one's going to be difficult. We've been through four books and I barely talk. What's the hint? That she's she's it's a character. It's not oh it's that not it's a character celebrity. in the book. Is it a male or a female? All ma- all women.
1: Okay, it's a woman, and she barely talks. Is it Kara? Yes, it, it, ah!
0: <laughs> Kara Walker. She's always in every single book, and she never says anything. She's just a stand-in popular girl. Later. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you have two more. Okay. Who gives a fuck about Christmas stuff? Adrian Gunn and Melania Adrian. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Melania <laughs> Trump, you get it, Adrian. I do. All right, the last Adrian one. Gunn. <laughs> the last one. Backrolls.
2: Backrolls. I, I mean that me? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alyssa Edwards are
1: my top drag queen of all time, for sure. Uh, Alyssa, shout out to you. I'm going to
0: tag Alyssa now in our promo just so she knows I love her. Well, I thought that would be a good one because Dina has been a showgirl and you love Alyssa. Oh, I thought you were going to say Dina has back rolls.
2: (laughs) I actually saw her the first time she ever did drag and she was like, she was a hot mess, but she was an incredible (laughs) dancer. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Why was she a hot
0: mess? Give us the tea.
2: I mean, she was new. Like, she just started. She lost her wig, which is fine. That happens to all of us. But but that bitch could dance. It's
1: exciting when your wig flies off. Get it into the rafters. (laughs)
0: Thanks for listening to woke field. What a great time we had today. A great time. I was having such a good time. Thank you, Dina, Nina Martinez for coming uh, to the show and and talking to us. You've been an amazing guest. And of course, thanks to the mythical Francine Pascal and all the uncredited ghostwriters who churn out this shit so we could read under the covers all night long. Dina, do you have anything you'd like to promote or share with us? Where can our listeners find you?
2: Well, you can find me at dina nina and at dina nina martinez on all the socials. And uh, we have extra AF comedy, which is a twice a month show um, that's virtual now. And coming up November 7th on National Comedy Day is the Lady Laughs Comedy Women's Comedy Summit.
1: What? Whoa, tell us about that.
2: So it's going to be a day of panels, discussions, workshops, and l- many shows throughout the day to just celebrate women in comedy on National Comedy Day, which was originally made for men. Um, so I mean, I love is. it. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, everybody come back next week when we're going to be discussing the fifth book in the series, All Night Long where Jessica Wakefield begins to shun the immature Pi Beta Alpha gals because she's met an older man. So join us next time to find out how Jessica learns all men are trash. Also, you can follow Wokefield on Instagram for all your Sweet Valley High needs at Wokefield Pod.
0: That's all, folks.
1: Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Dina. Thank hey, you. Hold
0: on. Oh my God, that- Love fields.
1: <laughs> Tell the truth and shame the devil.